Welcome to the Everyday Kind of Life podcast, the show where you get inspired about boosting your creativity and living your best life. Everyday Kind of Life was created by YouTuber Chat Everyday for creatives, entrepreneurs, and those just needing a little boost. Join me each week as we dive into different topics to help you live your best life. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Marcos Rocha. Marcos is a professional videographer, and I first met Marcos on YouTube. I met him when his channel had just hit right around 2,000 subs, and I've been able to watch him grow to 40, 50,000 subs over the past few years. Marco is a very talented individual, and I've always looked up to a lot of the work that he does, and I've drawn a lot of inspiration from him and learned a lot of the video editing that I know today from his channel. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Sit back, relax, and let's learn about this everyday kind of life. Well, man, it's it's, it's been a while since we've got to chat. I know our, our lives have gotten like super busy over the past like couple of years, three years, however long it's been. I know our professional lives have changed a lot since we first met each other. Uh, before we started recording, I, I was talking to you. I think when we first met, I think I had somewhere around like 500 subs on YouTube. You had like 2K and and I really enjoyed your content. And at the time we were creating very similar stuff, a little bit of like gear tutorials, Final Cut Pro tutorials and stuff like that. And uh, that, that's kind of how I remember us first connecting. And, and it's been a long ride since then. So thanks for coming to chat with me today. Oh, I mean, great. Thank you for for considering me to be here. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I know once I, I got the podcast kind of rebooted, this is something I started mm -hmm. about two or three years ago, and I just kind of oh. forgot about it. And I was like, I need to start doing podcasting again. I think this is a great way to connect. And uh, COVID actually is one of the biggest reasons I've started to do this is because like I've lost contact with like other people like in a setting whether it's talking over Zoom or or just in real life. And it's like I want to bring those connections back. Cause I miss mm -hmm. that. I miss that human connection in life. So, yeah. So how's the past few years been treating you on everything? Um, well, you know, the, you know, priorities have changed for me. Um, you know, at first it was, I paid a lot of attention to my YouTube channel because I didn't have a lot of freelance work. Right. And so I needed to get my reps in my practice. I always considered YouTube my practice uh, for the, getting into real video production, freelance work. Um, and, and so, the, you know, eventually over time, uh, I produce less YouTube videos because I have less time for it since I am focusing on my freelance work, which makes up the majority of my income. You know, actually, I was just running, uh, looking at my financials for this tax season, you know, I have to turn those in. And like 80% of the income came from my freelance work. YouTube is only like the, the, the money I make there from uh, the ads and affiliate links and all that other stuff that I have. It's only, I don't, I don't know, I think it's like 20% or even less than that, much less than that. Uh, so, so, you know, I look at those numbers as a way to like, yes, I have to keep on doing what I'm doing, which is making my freelance work my number one priority. YouTube has kind of taking that back seat you know if i if i don't have time if if i need downtime i'm not gonna kill myself over making a youtube video um and so i i think that's what's changed since we last talked yeah i i can relate to that too and and, and for viewers of my channel you've probably noticed that you know the content doesn't come out quite as frequently because like when we first were talking, I was doing like three or four videos a week. Like that was my life. Like it, it was like, yeah, this is my escape to get out of my current job. Very much like you said, you know, YouTube is yeah. a great portfolio piece, especially if you want to get into the video world. And, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of like you, I have a full-time job outside of YouTube that, mm -hmm. that brings home the money. And, and I, both of us are lucky to be creators in the fact that our full-time jobs are doing things we love to do, creating content for, for clients. And I, I think that's phenomenal. And I think that's what a lot of people need to hear is that, you know, there are some lucky ones and I, I'm going to use the term lucky, uh, that can do YouTube as a full-time career, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of, you know, effort to get to that point. So, yeah. you know, having YouTube as maybe like the secondary income or something might be the better option, but uh, yeah, I've, I've still watched your YouTube videos to this day. I, I like a lot of the products that you showcase because, you know, they're things that I'm always looking to upgrade or, or maybe consider. So, and, and just the flow of your content, like just watching you over the years, like you can tell how much you've grown and like your, your knowledge and your gear and stuff and and it really does show so 
Thank you. Yeah. And that that's, uh, I think uh, for me, it's always been pushing the quality, right? Uh, because I, I'm often showing potential clients, hey, this is my YouTube channel, check it out. And whatever video they stumble upon, I want it to look super high quality. So it, it's just uh, a way for them to say, who, who is this guy? And look at this quality is really good. So it's, it's much more for my sake and for you know, when, whenever a potential client in my freelance world reaches my YouTube channel, they can look at sample of, of what I can do it just in my basement, right? Or actually it's my mom's basement. I have to, <laughs> that's where I shoot my YouTube videos. Um, and, and, and so, I mean, and also, I mean, it, I, I am much more, I, I am about the, the aesthetics, right? I, th that's what I love. That's what I fell in love with, um, in my, in my, my video production, uh, you know, freelance work. I, 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 I recently labeled myself as a cinematographer, just a cinematographer. I'm not doing producing audio or any of that. It is just, I want people to hire me just to be behind the camera, not to direct or anything like that. I, I want to be the one who creates the pretty images, you know, and, and um, I don't want to be the jack of all trades who does everything, the audio, the directing, the producing, the editing. I just want to do the visuals. That's it. It's just the, the camera work. And, and that's a very specialized thing. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. It's just this is uh, what I've identified my, uh, for myself over the years. Yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying because uh, the last episode I did with Javi, uh, we were talking about like that identity crisis and trying to determine, you know, how do you kind of narrow yourself down to not do a plethora of things? And and that's one of the things like at my day job, for example, it, it makes it tough on me because, you know, I was hired on to be a marketing director and my job oh. titles are to create like videos and, and produce content. But mm -hmm. since COVID and staff changes and these things, I'm wearing so many other hats. You know, I'm working in budgeting and finance. I'm working in e-commerce and retail sales now. And it, uh, there's so many more things I'm doing. So the work that I was hired to do starts to suffer just a little bit because now I'm having to concentrate mm -hmm. on so many other things. And, and YouTube is, is kind of like a similar sense to that is, you know, finding those balances of what are your strengths and weaknesses? What do you enjoy doing versus what do you have to get done? And, and I think that's something that a lot of people, especially new creators don't realize is that when you want to become like a YouTuber, you know, if you don't have the budget to pay other people to do stuff, you are the videographer, you're the editor, you are the mm -hmm. anchor, you are everything. everything. Like you have <laughs> yeah. to do all these things and the time that it takes to produce one video. And, and when you were talking about quality, like, like I can't imagine how many hours you spend to create a video. Um, I, I sometimes get a little bit lazy and we'll just kind of halfway through something together. And then I beat myself up over that so much. Yeah. Like, why did I do that? And, but it's weird because like sometimes on YouTube videos that I just throw together in a couple of hours perform yeah. super good. <laughs> and the ones that I spend hours and hours and hours producing, Nobody watches it. Nobody cares. But uh, like, like, you know, you're using it as a portfolio piece that matters, that extra level of production, because even if it doesn't perform the best, it might be that killer portfolio piece that clients are like, I'm going to book you because of this. So, yeah. And, and also, like, <laughs> I feel like if I am saying I'm a cinematographer, DP, and I am creating content on my YouTube channel that doesn't look to that quality is like, who is this guy? Right. It's just, uh, it, if it doesn't have the aesthetics, then it, I, I feel like I'm less credible, even though my, what I'm saying is valuable. If the visuals are, do not match what I'm representing is just like, it's a mismatch. So for, uh, anyone also stumbling on my YouTube channel, if they see the visuals, like, damn, look at those, uh, I don't know the background or the colors, uh, the color grade. I hope they're saying that and maybe choose to subscribe because they want to know how I did it or what I'm doing differently. Um, uh, but I've seen that like, uh, most of my videos that have gotten popular have not been the ones I've paid the most attention to. It's like you said, things that you just threw together and, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Let me make this. And it's very simple. Actually, some of my most viewed is just screen recordings on my computer on Final Cut. And I, I mean, 
those are probably where my all my subscribers have come from, the majority of them. So when I release things that are on cinematography, it doesn't get that many views because most people are finding that those couple of handful of videos that are about uh, Final Cut, but they don't necessarily care about my cinematography or lighting and all that other stuff. They're, they might be just video creators who are looking for how to edit on Final Cut. And, and so I have to remember that too, that, uh, you know, Sometimes uh, what you want to get be known for is not necessarily what what ends up uh, being viewed on YouTube. Yeah, and and that, I think that's something that I've struggled with over the years is like that balance between what do I want to be known for and and mm -hmm. what am I known for, and it's kind of trying to struggle that. But one thing I want to like ask about is like looking at some of your more recent videos. I noticed that like in the backgrounds on some of them, there's like this. It looks like this natural light from a window coming in. And just kind of mm -hmm. creates this golden glow in the background. Is that in fact like a natural light, or have I missed something? And, and you have like a light set up to create that effect. Yeah, that, that's a source for uh, ETC source four, and it's just mm -hmm. like a spotlight they use for stage stages. And so I'm just creating a slash to uh, that's cool. like make it look like it's a uh, sunlight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fake because it, it, it totally looks like a real window light coming in. And there's this guy, mm -hmm. I don't remember what his channel was called, but he does like these crazy, absurd, like DIY projects. And one of them was to create the most realistic looking, uh, artificial like sunlight coming inside possible. And he created like this massive thing with these LED lights to the point that it creates even realistic shadows. And if he would not have told us that his whole scene was lit by an artificial light, I would have assumed it was just sunlight coming in the room. So that's super yeah. cool because it, it looks. No, I'm, in, real. I'm in a basement. I'm in my mom's basement. It's actually, you know, the that's part of another another reason the it's harder for me to make videos. I have to go to my mom's travel to my mom's basement because that's where I have my YouTube video set up to make a video. So it's it's become uh harder but the good thing is that it's already set up and it's just a matter of me putting up the cameras and, and the lighting's all ready to go and i i store a lot of my camera equipment over there too sometimes um so yeah i mean i, I mean i think it's, it's it's important to have a a setup that you don't have to break down especially the lighting because it takes a lot of time and sometimes you know the that extra step of having to set up it is going to prevent you from making another youtube video because it's too much work you just don't feel like it um you know that that that's one major hurdle and then you have to deliver the words which to me i i still have a hard time explaining products you know the there's new video creators that are like super technical uh they can break down a camera equipment and into the it's like insane how much how much technical they can how technical they can get where i'm not like that you know i'm much more simplistic i, I feel like i have more uh, i've dedicated more of my time into the creativity not so much the technical because it, it's like uh you know making videos it's technical and creative at the same time and, and so some people are more technical some people are more creative i like to uh I kind of maybe sacrifice the technical a little bit to be more creative. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. You you do have to have both, but uh, you know, some people can get very about like this camera does this and that and that and this and that. And I'm like, I don't really care, you know? And so therefore I'm not going to talk about those things um, when I explain a product or how I do things. Yeah. And, and YouTube is an interesting place because I find that like you can make the most perfect in, in your eyes, the most perfect uh, explanation video of a piece of gear. But there's always going to be that one thing that you leave out that somebody's going yeah. to like, call you out on. Like, yeah, it's like, come on, dude. Like there's a thousand videos on this same subject. Like go watch somebody else's if you want to learn about this. Because like I'm not a huge technical guy. I'm about like the straightforward you know, like, let's say we're talking about a light. Is, is it going to light my scene? Is it going to give me options? Is the battery life good? Is, is it portable? Like those basic questions that revolve around my needs, that's what I'm going to answer. Now, if mm -hmm. we're talking about like 
you know, certain, uh, what is it called? Like the color value, like when it's rated really high, usually you want like 90, 95%. Like when you get into weird technical specs like that, that's not me. Go watch, uh, I forget his name. It's not Dunna, but uh, there's, there's so many technical people out there. And, but yeah, somebody's always going to call you out on YouTube. And, and it's one of those things I feel like you've probably uh, grown to accept it at this point too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't look at the comments anymore as much. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't uh, because I don't have time. And like I said, YouTube is not my main priority. I, I, I nowadays I only make a YouTube video if like they send me a product uh, because it's really hard for me to like make a lighting tutorial. It's too time consuming. There's too much things that I have to do. Uh, so I try to, you know, like, if there's an incentive for me, you know, like talking about a, a gear, a piece of gear they sent me, I'll, I'll make a YouTube video because it's easier for me to, you know, sit there and explain it as opposed to like having to do a whole lighting tutorial, which is one of the, my, some of my favorite videos are about lighting and they're super advanced stuff. And, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, I wish I did more of those or like behind the scenes of my actual video productions you know, like uh, th those are the kind of videos I gravitate towards, but it's just, it's just to make those it's, it's, you got to hire people or you just how to be a freak of nature who can handle a lot of uh, extra work, you know, and I appreciate downtime. I, I don't want to be the, the person that's always working. I, I, I like to have time to relax and as it is right now, it's, it's, um, I feel like I'm always working even on weekends. Uh, and I have two kids. So to me, that that's, you know, that's important to me to, to, for me to spend time with them and to be around them and to be present as opposed to always be thinking about work. I got to grow my YouTube channel. I got to grow my this and that. And, and, and so I don't know, I, I do, I do wish sometimes that, uh, I could go full-time with YouTube. Uh, because it's like, sweet, I can work from home and I don't have to travel to all these uh, different locations I'm going to. And then sometimes it's like, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a YouTube creator. I want to be actually out there in the field creating videos. Um, so it's like a constant battle of like, should I dedicate more time to my YouTube? Should I let it go? Should it, you know, and then you watch other people that uh, they're blowing up on YouTube and you're like, damn. Why them? No, why not me? You know, and, and so I think that never stops that that way of thinking. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of you have to live with that. <laughs> it's always kind of like just floating in the back of the head. It, it does for me too, because it's like, you know, I'm in this career now where I know that I have a steady income each month. I'm going to get paid. I'm going to have like my benefits. I I have my uh, my health insurance and stuff. So there's really no risks necessarily with my job, except there, mm. there are, because, you know, even if, you know, you're out there as a creator and you have like this steady job with this regular income, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're going to be having it tomorrow. Cause just like I, I witnessed it last year when I joined the team, uh, COVID actually knocked out a couple of programs that don't exist anymore. And those programs were, you know, people's livelihoods They're they were their jobs, their careers and, and they're just gone oh. now the company did work with them to help them transition into other stuff. It wasn't just like, Hey, see ya. Bye. Uh, so, I mean, that that's a plus side, but you know, the same could happen to me, you know, tomorrow, next week, whenever. And, you know, if that were to happen, what would I fall back on? Would I just go work in retail for a while? Would I try to pick up freelance again? Or, or would I try to like bust out on YouTube and, and hope that I'm one of those that would explode? Um, so it's tough. And, and I like the idea of maybe being a full-time content creator someday. I don't necessarily want to use the word YouTuber because I, I would like to spread myself out amongst other things. But the biggest thing in my life is, is like you said, time with, you know, family time with friends and, and to be around those that you love. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, that's what I want most out of life is more time with the people that I love to spend it with and mm -hmm. whatever avenue is going to get me on the path to have what I want is what I'm going to take. And, you know, YouTube could be that thing right now. No, <laughs> I mean, it's a great supplemental income source. It definitely is that, but, uh, yeah, that's something a lot of, I think a lot of creators need to think about is, 
you know, getting your mindset into doing what you really want to do, like, and asking yourself, is YouTube really what you want to do? Or do you want to be a, a wedding videographer? Like Javi that I talked to last week, um, he's kind of like us. He used YouTube to kind of practice his skills and to learn and build somewhat of a portfolio. But now he's a full-time wedding videographer and he loves what mm-hmm. he does. And, and that's 80, 90% of his income and, and YouTube's just there just for fun. And that's, that's basically the same for me too. So it, it seems like a common trend amongst at least everybody in my circle on as far as like creators that YouTube is more of like your fun play area um, that is like a supplemental income source slash portfolio. But, you know, from my experience doing video, like, like you were saying, getting out and traveling and just meeting people, like we get to do some cool stuff sometimes. Like you get to see things that a lot of people will never see in their life other than through video, but you're there firsthand getting to experience it. I think that's super cool. Yeah. The, I mean, I've been filming documentaries, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, some really cool stuff as well. And, and then you're, you're there like in this beautiful location or filming, uh, someone that's famous or semi-famous and you're like, man, I can't, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this stuff. And plus, cause I love it. Even if it's a little physical work, you know, trying to move cameras or grip equipment is still, it's, it's enjoyable, enjoyable to me, you know? Um, you know, there's this documentary I saw recently about social media and how they took like three people and they made him Instagram famous. Oh, and yeah. it's funny. They were talking about how that you should see that documentary, how this girl is the only one who came like pushed through like hundred K and 200 K subscribers on Instagram or followers. Uh, and that was interesting to me, right? Because it's like, you realize if you want to be on a famous influencer or YouTube or whatever, you do have to play the game. It's kind of like, there's no way around because if you're trying to be, this is me and love me for me, oftentimes that doesn't work out. And I see like for YouTube is uh, what I see people do is as soon as a camera drops, they're like reviewing it. And part of me is like, maybe I'm envious, but part of me is like, dude, you cannot review a camera if, if you've never touched it or like, oh, here's my comments on this camera that's just coming out. And or, how can you have comments if you've never touched it? Sometimes it takes weeks and months of trying out a product before you realize what it is, wh- how good it is. Uh, and I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I only, you know, test a product for a week and, and then uh, you keep using it. And then three weeks later, it malfunctions and you like, Oh my God. So, you know, I'm also guilty of that, but I, you know, there's extremes to it, you know, and some people are really running that, uh, that game of doing the latest and greatest thing that's coming out, uh, to get views because a bunch of people are like, Ooh, the R5 just came out. And and like, there's all a bunch of all these people that are full-time YouTubers playing that game of like, here's my thoughts or here's my review. And the camera just came out that day. I'm like, how in the heck can you have a comments? And, uh, and part of me is like, man, man, I, maybe I wish I was reviewing that camera and had the money to, to review it like right away and get all these subscribers and views and grow my channel. Uh, you know, and part of me is like, man, that's fake, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the documentary, you see a lot of people doing fake still stuff where they put uh, like a, toilet seat you know and then there, there's a tv with like hawaii in the background it looks like they're in a jet or something and, and to me that's the equivalent of you know the it, it you're you're being told or sold on things that are not true uh especially like gear reviews and and, and i'm not saying I, I am not part of that i feel sometimes guilty that i i am part of that um i i try not to overdo it though you know because there's that further extreme. Um, I don't know if you experienced that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like one of the recent examples was the Rode, whatever their, their wireless mic is called. Oh, it's like a little lapel thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they came out with a new one. And like, I saw a lot of these larger creators, like I think I Justine was one of them. And like uh, Rode had made a kind of this really vague uh, tweet a couple months ago that something was coming. And then all these creators like started commenting on it, just weird emojis. And it's like, huh, what's up with that? Well, the day that this thing got announced, all of those creators released videos at like the exact same moment. And it was all product reviews of the new mic. And I'm like, 
come on. Now, I mean, I agree it is a cool mic, but it's so weird when you log into YouTube and your entire feed is like 15, like 15 to 20 different people talking about the same thing. Like to me, that's like, and that's not cool. Cause then it just looks like the company has just paid all these, which they have, but paid all these people to make a review on this video and drop it at the same time. And it doesn't feel as authentic that way. It's not like at that point, I don't feel like, the, I mean, I'm going to commend the creator. I'm going to give them a, a high five for, you know, making money and, and, and living their dream. But at the mm. end of the day, it doesn't feel like they are on that. Le- it's not the same as if they were to go out and buy something they really love. Like I, I used this as an example last week. I bought this like little seven to ten dollar uh, SD card holder case thing off of Amazon. One of the best mm-hmm. purchases I've made in a long time. So when I talked about that in one of my videos a month or so ago, I was excited, and I generally meant every word I said about this when I was telling people to go buy it. Versus mm-hmm. when a sponsor uh, hits me up and they're like, "Hey, Chad, we have this LED light. Review it for our channel, and we'll give it to you for free." I'm like, sure, I'll do that. You know, I'll try the light and I'll be excited about it because, you know, obviously at the end of the day, I got a free light, but two, I needed yeah. it. <laughs> right. It's, it's not the same. It's not as authentic as me going out and finding something that I genuinely care about. Like there was this uh, guy, like I, I use Fujifilm cameras now um, and my Fuji doesn't have a, a full articulating screen. But there's this $20 like mirror attachment you can put on top of the camera. The articulating screen will flip up into the mirror and you can see yourself. So it's like you have a full selfie screen. Like that's a product that I'll probably make a video on and I'll really be excited about it because that's saving my life in so many ways because I can't always use uh, my HD monitor um, to film stuff, especially if you're vlogging, you don't want to have like a monitor up there and a HD cable coming out the side, be carrying all this stuff around. And then you've got your mm-hmm. microphone mounted to the other side of it. That's just a big mess, but I could put yeah. a little tiny mirror up there so I could see myself. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to play that balance between what you have to do as a creator to pay the bills and what you have to do to enjoy it for yourself and be authentic. And that's the, the, that's the challenge. Right. And, and now that I've been doing this enough, I see when I I don't follow any of the famous YouTubers or famous people. Like I have not watched any of the famous names in a long time. I don't follow any of them just because they're geared more towards video creators where I'm interested in professional video production channels. And those are smaller. Those are not going to get huge because yeah, the mar- the people that are searching for that content is very is way smaller. Mm-hmm. People that are searching for video, how to get started with video and video creator. There's a bigger amount of people that are looking for that content. So I also understand that my channel is more gear is is geared more towards people that want to do this professionally as a as a as work or like uh, to a high degree. Um, so uh, I'm also not expecting to get, do a viral video, a video that's going to get uh, millions of views or, you know, so I'm okay with that. So I've learned also, you know, I understand what kind of YouTube content I do, what kind of YouTuber I am. I'm not trying to do this full time. And that, again, it's, it's kind of hard to, to accept that. But I know, you know, ultimately I have to remember, yes, uh, it's just a side thing. It's not my main priority. Um, not to say that it's not nice to have it as a backup, you know, cause it's a crazy yeah. world nowadays. And like you said, uh, you, you know, the, everything might <laughs> fall and, and, and then YouTube might be my main income because everything, you know, like everything shut down or whatever. So you, there, there's no, I don't think there's ever been security, like, like, uh, in any kind of work or you know wherever you get your income from youtube in maybe a couple months from now might say hey we're cutting down all the revenues to like this much you know and like all these people that are making money on youtube might get cut off so you kind of have to diversify um yeah i mean i i I see that as well yeah anything anything could happen and i mean the same with youtube like i i watch all these big name people that have whatever their mistake has been, or, or maybe they get hacked or whatever, and their channel just gets deleted. And it's like, what do you do? Then? Oh, like, wow, man, that's rough. But yeah, I'm kind of like you, I don't really watch a lot of the larger 
named creators anymore. Like most people I watch are like some of the biggest creators are probably like right around a hundred K um, or, or smaller because I feel like I relate more to the content they're putting on, at least for me now. I mean, if we're talking like big creators in the video world, like film riots, probably the only one I will still somewhat watch. And, you know, I mean, they do have a lot of subscribers. They have 1.76 million, but I mean, mm-hmm. I started watching film riot, like, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I think they started on YouTube around like 2008, maybe nine or so. Mm-hmm. And they've only, they haven't even hit 2 million yet. There's some creators that came out one or two years ago that have two to 5 million subscribers and just blow it up every day. But I think the reason is because, you know, like you were saying, Film Riot fits uh, a more narrow group of audience members than some of the others. You know, they're not trying to cater to your, Hey, I just went out and bought a new DSLR. I want to be a filmmaker now. They're, you know, you have some experience already. Here's the tools to you build you up or or filmmaking or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I'm in that same boat. Like um, I just lost interest in a lot of the bigger channels. Like my thing now, uh, one of the guys that I watch now, he's been a subscriber of my channel for maybe two or three years. His content blows mine out of the water. And he's not been creating super long but what he does create is super good he's got like 300 subs so i don't even look at subscriber numbers anymore like i just if i find a video and it's got excellent content that's who i watch and that's that's how Mm -hmm. i stick with it so i'm finding out that there's so many talented like small base subscribers and what's cool about them is they haven't hit that mark yet that a lot of the bigger creators do so they're still willing to experiment and create things that are interesting to them because they haven't got trapped into algorithms and logistics and numbers and audiences and and all that stuff so that's why i find them more interesting and i find that your bigger creators it's just like the same cookie cutter content back to back to back. Like every video is exactly the same, same. They formula. have to push out content. Yeah. They're feeding the, feeding the machine. It's a, a very nasty machine. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you experienced that where you're like, I need to put out a video two times yeah. a week. Cause uh, that's how I'll grow. And, and you know, it's, it's not healthy, honestly, personally, if, if you have other work, it's, it's not, you know, it's not healthy. And also like you, st- like I said, back to the documentary watched, uh, I forgot the name of it. You kind of have to bend your morals a little bit, right? You might not be as honest about this product. And, and I've seen that, uh, you know, back to, you know, like years ago that I was given something by, uh, this company. And I, and I said, this shit is crap. Like, I don't like, it. And I told them all the reasons why I couldn't review it. And, and it was a cheap product. And it is a well-known company. Uh, and I said, I can't, I'm sorry. Like this, this thing sucks. And, and you might want to tell your development team to, you know, change this and look at this other product and this is why it's better. And so I did not make a video. And then like a day later, uh, this other, you know, YouTube channel that I, we both know probably, uh, it's like, oh, this thing is the greatest thing in the world. And wow, like so excited. This person was just blowing up on YouTube and so excited about this product. And I'm like watching there like, oh my God. And I know this company is going to end up working more with him. Yeah. With this person because he loves the product and is all excited about it. And he's uh, skipping all the bad things. And and to me, you know, that's where I get disappointed. And these are people that actually blow up and, you know, again, maybe that's envy in my part or like, I'm not willing. There's a line where I don't, I just hope I don't cross, you know, and I'm not saying that all people that get popular are crossing the line, but it just does get harder not to, you know, cause you, you start looking at all the perks that come with views and 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 uh subscribers and you know more people are willing to give you stuff and it feels good i mean i don't know maybe i I might (laughs) i might go that route (laughs) yeah you you see a lot in the music industry too like i've noticed so many bands like there's this band that was close to me and, and they were just normal dudes like, like myself. And, and they finally got the record deal. They got signed on. And then like a month later, like they're showing up in fancier clothes, they've upgraded all their instruments and, and their attitudes have totally changed. And they're just like, they're not the same people anymore. I mean, I still love to go watch them because they were still entertaining, but it was just like, what happened to you? But then they, 
started to see what was going on and they didn't like it. They, they weren't themselves anymore. They realized this. And once they started kind of like backlashing against the label and all these sponsors and stuff, the, the label and everybody was just like, okay, cool. Well, we'll just suck all that money out. We'll give it to somebody that does want it. So they, the guys basically go completely bankrupt and they're stuck making this last album. They throw together this album to get out of their contract and leave it. And now they're either individual musicians or they're doing something in life they truly love to do and they're happy about it. So it, it's very easy to get caught up in that that, that superstar uh, spotlight that we often do. I know I had before. There was a couple of companies, uh, especially in like audio they always wanted like all these microphones reviewed. And when they first started sending them to me, the very first one was really good. It was an awesome mic. And I was happy to talk about it and share it with everybody. And, and then the mics, they started sending me after that, just started going downhill. I'm like, these are crap, but I, but I kind of felt obligated to say good things. And, you know, I would mention the cons in there, but I would make it like this kind of subset over here. So I would still be on the good side of the company. But after like the third microphone, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I have a good mic. I know what I like. This company's okay. It'll save somebody some bucks, but I don't want to tell people to save some money and sacrifice quality when they can spend like an, I mean, it's not a difference. The mic I use now is like an $80 microphone and these mics were like 30, 40 bucks. So what's saving up another 40 bucks for a decent mic. And so, yeah, I mean, I've fallen victim to that. Right. And, and, uh, you know, like, certain products are good for a price range. They're really good for that price range. Yeah. Uh, for me, like now that I'm touching like very expensive lights or stuff or like cameras, it's hard. It, I'm much more judgmental on like these lower end products because of like, they're not as good as that other one, you know, but so maybe like I've also been too harsh on my reviews because it's like I'm touching the more expensive stuff now. And then I get sent these, uh, you know, cheaper products. I'm like, it's not as good. Uh, and other YouTubers might be like, it's great, but because they're possibly they're not touching the more expensive products or maybe they are. And they just, I don't know. So I, I judge all of this, like, uh, you know, it's on a per person basis, you know, maybe they, they just don't, can't tell the difference, you know, and, and that that's yeah. happened to me. Like I look at previous videos I did a couple years ago and I said, this is a great product. And it was for my skill level. It is, but knowing what I know now and the gear I touch and, and played with, it's like, Ooh, it's not as good. Uh, so maybe I wouldn't have been so positive. Um, so I, I guess it, it also depends on, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what products you touch, you know, it, it's hard to unsee certain things once you experience like super high quality stuff. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I like the way that like Caleb from DSLR video shooter, like he's uh-huh. still one of the somewhat bigger people that I'll watch because I, 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 I want to trust his reviews and, and I do because he's pretty honest with stuff like that. He'll be like, okay, Here's, here's a really nice light for the price range of 40 bucks. If maybe if you're kind of newer novice or just need a little something extra. And here's also this 600 brand new light from aperture. That's amazing for professionals. So I like the way that he does give you that full range of the spectrum, whether you're mm-hmm. a newcomer or you're professional, he kind of does cater to a little bit of everybody and he does a good job at it. I don't think like, I don't think I would do a good job at that. Like, I feel like I could handle my skill level and below, but sometimes as, as we progress, at least from my experiences, when I start progressing up, it's hard for me to look back and really help people at the very early stages of things, because I forget mm, right. things. like even right. talking about like Photoshop or Lightroom, like, you know, when I become more advanced, it's, it's harder for me to teach people at the novice level because I don't really remember what it was like. And and that's some of the flack that I'll get sometimes is like, well, you made this video for people that already know about Photoshop. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And they're like, well, you need to think about us that are just starting in it. And I'm like, I don't know how, like, I wish I did. I know it's hard to explain, but I don't know how to teach somebody completely new. So, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I, I see that and, and, you know, I guess the, the products that are, you know, I decline a lot of products nowadays because it's like, I already own it. I don't need another one. I, you know, so, and I don't want to take two days of my time 
to review a $100 product. It's just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I, that's time I'm devoting to my business, to my freelance work. Two days is too much. You know, I yeah. can. Sorry. And so I decline a lot of those products. Uh, if I think something is cool and it's even if even though if it's cheap and I get excited about it, I'll say, yes, I want to try it out. I want to see what it's like. Or if I know that I'll probably use it in my video production for reals, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm actually going to take this product and use it into my workflow, in my freelance career, then I'll say yes, because I want to, you know, why not? Like, I, it also gives me content to put out on my channel. Otherwise, it's really hard to put out content for me nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just a balance of putting out content that you want to see, but also that it's easy for me to create. And I think, like, gear reviews are that for me. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I turn down way more than I actually make content on because at the end of the day, if I'm not going to use it or it's not going to benefit me in YouTube or my job or whatever, I, I don't even really want it. It's just more junk that's going to pile up my closet and I'm going to have to get rid of someday. So I, I'm the exact same way. But I guess if, if you were to give some advice to, to creators, and it doesn't have to be like YouTube, this could be people that are just wanting to get started in filmmaking in general or, or if they want to do like documentaries or, you know, just anything that from your experience, what kind of growth path would you send them on? Would you, you know, have them start with like YouTube and practice, build a portfolio much like we have, or would you have them maybe shadow somebody in the field? Like what kind of advice would you give to them? Right. So if somebody wants to do video production in the real world, like freelance work, I think it's good to, first of all, make stuff your, uh, on your own and realize how hard it is, you know, it's, it's not that easy, um, and keep on creating. And I, I feel like if you make 10 pieces of whatever content you want to create short films or just filming yourself or just going out into nature, whatever it is, just make at least 10. So, you know, if this is something you want to pursue a lot of, I know that recently I've heard of uh, people that start their YouTube channels and they quit after like five or six and they realize, Oh, this I don't want to do it <laughs> or I don't have the tenacity or just the will to do it. And, and, or it's just, I don't like it, you know? Um, so you, you I think there's a hump you got to get over. And if you get over the 10 or 15 videos and you're like, yeah, I want to do this, then that's where I, I, I would try to reach out to other people that do what you want to do, you know, like video, local video production companies, uh, wedding filmmakers, whoever can take you on or you want a job shadow, you could say that, hey, I'll help you carry your bags. I just want to learn. And yeah, I think a lot of people will take you up on that offer for real. It's like, you know, if you have the enthusiasm and you said, hey, this is what I've created, uh, people can see that, oh, at least, you know, it might not be super high quality or the best, but people want to see that you you are for real, that you do want to do this and you're not just wasting their time or, you know, being wishy-washy, uh, you know. Um, so I, I also see that a lot of people that uh, I've met people that graduated from film school, and, but they're still working um, odd jobs and, and, it, and it just doesn't seem like they're really pushing hard for for it you know so I, I feel like i'm at a point where i can smell if someone's hungry to actually do this um and i think people do sense it too like if you're a hungry person and i don't know try, try to try to see if you can find people to you know get around get to know as many people that are doing the thing you want to do and they'll probably they can i think that's the fastest avenue that's what i did and, and it, it was the fastest way for me to start doing actual freelance work um because i've also tried like emailing companies hey do you want to be the video and that rarely works mm-hmm. rarely i don't think i've had any good luck with that uh, luck with that um yeah looking at craigslist i i i've i've looking at some of my best clients now it, it, everything originated from looking at craigslist job postings for video um Either they, they they posted a job there, or I, I was hired through Craigslist by a client, and they referred me to a better client. Um, so job boards like those, um, you know, you kind of have to like be all over the place, <laughs> like be hungry. Most of all, 
be hungry. You know, like, like I tell my wife is, I feel like I'm a lion. Whenever I see a potential client, like, Ooh, I'm, I'm on it, you know? And, and I've also seen, like, I've tried to hire people and they have a slow response time or they get back to me a day or two days later. And like, Ooh, bro, you're not hungry. I want you to be hungry. Like be on it. You know, I want you to see your passion. Uh, so to me, that's important, you know, or some people get lucky. They, they just, um, they get brought up by a video production company. And I think that's, that's possible. It's just, I also, when I was starting out, I was trying to reach out to video production companies and it never panned out. So I had to build from scratch, you know? So I had to be super scrappy with uh, my networking and, and trying to get clients and taking on low paying job, low paying gigs. Um, and, and so I think you just have to go through the fire to to come out on the other side i don't it might be a shortcut i don't think there is um because a lot of the these uh skills on how to charge and and how to value yourself it's something that you have to constantly like be going through reading up upon it reading on the subject right Uh, how to charge how how to carry a conversation how to you know how how to carry a meeting and all this stuff and so you end up being more of a business owner than a, than a creative. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it, I, what, what it boils down to is just being more of a business owner than a creative, which is not sexy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super good advice. I think, I think you've hit it dead on is cause I did the same thing in the beginning, tried to email a bunch of these people and get in contact and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's literally, you've, you've got to put yourself in front of their face. Like, uh, the full-time job yeah. that I have now, that's kind of how it worked is, you know, I, I put myself in front of them multiple times and, and I just, it just didn't work out. So then this like temporary kind of contract job came on and I did it for mm-hmm. them and I crushed it. And then everything just kind of aligned. My position became available. I applied for it and and I got it because they had seen that tenacity from me where, you know, I put myself in their face two or three times before and I did this contract work for them. And they're like, this is the guy we want. This is how it's going to work. So, you know, and, and it, it gets hard sometimes because a lot of times if you're trying to get into a certain company or a certain job, you might start getting this like negative perception of them because they're not accepting you. And people need to realize too, that it's not personal attacks. It's, it may not be anything to do with you as an individual or your mm-hmm. art or your creative skill. It might be that they just don't see you because, you know, in this position now, I get to see how it works from the backside. And, you know, some days I might get 50, 60 emails in a day from all over the place. And I have so many tasks and things going on. It's not like I can get to everybody every single day. So sometimes things do get put on hold or, you know, there's Mm -hmm. budgets and there's processes that have to go through. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a creative, don't be, you know, don't let it like bring you down because people aren't reacting to you or aren't replying back. Maybe they just haven't got to you yet. Just keep putting yourself out there and, and making your voice heard and, and eventually things will work out. But Marcos, thanks for coming to chat with me today. Uh, I've had a blast yeah. trying to catch up and stuff, and uh, hope we can do more of this stuff in the future. Yeah, man. Uh, well, thank you for having me on, and and uh, hopefully, you know, I, I didn't rumble on, ramble on too much. Sometimes I feel like uh, there's a lot of thoughts coming my way, and I'm like, how do I organize? I always had that issue. Yeah. That's part of the reason I started YouTube is uh, I always had a hard time articulating myself. Mm-hmm. in the right order right because uh like i feel like i have too many thoughts but like organizing your thoughts and like communicating to me that's always been hard and hopefully <laughs> i didn't go all over the place no it's all good i think as a creator it's it's like we're on like a five way like a like a five lane highway but it's in, we're always like trying to merge into like less and less lanes but it's like how do we do it like which pieces of traffic do we get rid of and then when do we actually get off the exit like i have to think of everything visually just or my mind doesn't work. But yeah, I'm the same way. Thoughts coming in like crazy. And it's like, what do I say? What do I do? don't like? Most of the time I over talk it. Like I, I say too much. So <laughs> I, I can relate. Yeah. I mean, I'm all over the place. Anyways. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'll, I'll stay in touch. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully catch you again soon.